Thank you for tuning in to the best parenting show on the internet. Post Daily Dose. This is Christy Fell, the co-founder, coming at you live with another episode of Post Daily Dose, the best little parenting show on the internet. I hope you guys are having an incredible day today. Uh, I'm trying my microphone out again because there's yard work happening in my neighborhood, so there's probably a lot of background noise, so maybe this will help, but we'll see. If you guys have any trouble hearing me, just let me know. Um, I want to plug these books real quick. Brian's book, From Fear to Love, that you can get on promotion at feartolovebook.com. And we also have this great book right here, The Great Behavior Breakdown. These two are packaged together as a bundle on our website, postinstitute.com. And then we also have this newest edition right here, which is our workbook. And I'm telling you, this workbook is really incredible. So um, I'm going to, in fact, I'm going to read from this workbook just a little bit and then uh, free flow because a couple of things on my mind and this really tied in. This is from the workbook, page 17. Um, and this workbook is like it partners with the, the book From Fear to Love, so it makes a great little duo for digging deeper into understanding your own blueprints, your own experiences, understanding your child's blueprints and their experiences and how they all can get tangled up together. So uh, Joseph Ledeau, the author of The Emotional Brain, states that stress causes confused and distorted thinking and suppresses short-term memory. The most common example of this is when you are talking to a friend and you try to remember the name of someone. At that moment, you cannot do it. For the life of you, you can't remember that name. Actually, that happens to me like sometimes within seconds if I am not really focused and really listening in an attentive way. So I think that's interesting. Uh, at that moment, you cannot do it. For the life of you, you cannot remember that name. But an hour later, it pops into your head. That's because at the moment, you become stressed and your immediate short-term recall is suppressed. For adopted children with trauma histories, this experience can often be much more intense. A mother can say to an adopted child, Sorry, honey, mama is, too, is busy right now and cannot play. A simple enough statement. Unless you are a child with a history of abandonment. This simple statement has the potential to be perceived as a threat. The brain then escalates into stress, making the child feel as though the mother must no longer love them since she is unwilling to play. This shuts down the short-term memory the child has of the mother's endearing love and how they normally play every day. Because the child is stressed and the short-term memory is suppressed, she can feel overtaken with fear, which then drives negative behavior. This affects our response as parents. If you are caught in the old paradigm, you too are living in fear, fear of not gaining control of your child, fear of what your child may become, fear that your child will not live a happy, full life. This fear causes the greatest struggle in your relationship with your child. Whoa. Wow. Oh, my goodness. When I read that... Um, that is such a real scenario. It is such a real scenario. The mom says, sorry, honey, mama is busy right now and can't play. 
such a simple statement. And then that child who has all these abandonment issues, rejection issues, just that simple statement then becomes a threat. A threat and then the brain gets activated and escalates in making the child feel as though the mother must no longer love them. Oh my gosh, just because you can't play right now. Just because I can't play right now. Because I can't play right now. And so we get to, we begin to think. Our error in thinking is that our child doesn't know how to accept no for an answer and that they will tantrum to get their way. But when I read that, that there's a whole different understanding about where their upset feelings are coming from. It's not, I mean, part of it is the no. I can't play right now. We have a sensitive amygdala with a hot pilot light. And so that no has a way of really amping that up. But right underneath the feeling of being amped up is all that fear and insecurity that's in the brain stem. And what, what's interesting, uh, and tell, in reading that, I kind of just came across it kind of by chance, was I was really thinking about uh, when we as parents, maybe we're overwhelmed, maybe we're feeling depressed. And we have a very similar kind of exchange. Like if parents, if a parent is feeling, now this is a very interesting dynamic, and I see it a lot. One parent is depressed, and if one parent is depressed, it's very common for the other parent to feel very anxious, like in an attempt to somehow get them, you know, get things moving. It's like all this anxiety comes up, and this other person is really not present because they're super depressed. And then we have a child, and uh, I was actually looking, there's research, and I cannot remember the name of the person who did the research, so I'll have to come back and find that. But there was research that Brian quotes often with regards to infants, and when the depressed parent approaches the infant, their brain waves look the same as when the attached parent is walking away. So uh, depression in the parental unit creates a lot of stress for children. And for kids who come from tough places, and then you have a parent who is depressed, they Oftentimes, what I see is this dynamic where there will be a lot of challenging behavior because the child feels the parent being absent. It's almost like the behavior is trying to get the parent out of that place of depression. I've had several families where we've had this conversation, and the dots they connected was that, that kids came from places where the parents were super depressed super absent, and also there was drug addiction. And so in their state of addiction, they weren't attuned. They weren't spending time with. They were vacant from the parent-child relationship. And so those children were really literally kind of just lost in terms of not having parental connection. And it's like the if you're a depressed parent, your child's behavior is almost like an attempt to get you unstuck. To like they'll take your anger over your absence. The absence can be very terrifying, especially for children who have been abandoned, children who are failure to thrive, children who come from neglect. 
And so when children come from neglect and then you are struggling with your own emotional regulation or with feeling depressed, that absence mirrors a trauma that they have already lived through. So all of that to just give a different lens and a different understanding. And that's really a hard place to be, I'll tell you. Um, depression is an interesting experience because um, it's like you just want to be left alone with your own deep, dark, quiet thoughts. Um, the thing about depression is you don't have enough energy to make nutritious food, so you eat crappy food, and then the crappy food you eat doesn't give you enough energy to feel any better. And so, so many things that happen when a person is really in the grasps of depression, um, it just creates this cycle where it's really, really difficult to shift out of that place. And if you're parenting a child who has experienced abandonment, who has experienced neglect, who has experienced that absence, and then you feel depressed, they'll feel your absence as if they are being abandoned, and then their behavior begins to escalate. And oftentimes there's a lot of aggression mixed in with that that can be really nasty. And that is a very just... Ugh. That's a very yucky paradigm for it's the parent-child tango, you know. You see how those two dynamics then begin to interact with one another in a way that's just, it's very volatile, um, it's very difficult. It's just, uh, that is so hard for both parents and child. So I, speak, I want to speak to that in a way that just helps shine light and understanding and encourage. I really want to encourage if you are a parent who is experiencing depression to um, to seek help. Um, also, some of the same supplements that we talk about for our kids, they're effective for us too. Um, there's a new drink mix that I've shared with a few people and I'll put a link for it. I've not used this specific one. Um, but it is a flavor mix that you add to water, and it's L-theanine and magnesium glyconate. And those two supplements in particular have been repeatedly shown to help with anxiety and depression. And so I'll put a link for that. Um, there are other, I know whenever I did that very long series over the course of a week, um, specifically talking about how trauma affects the brain. We also talked about some supplements, and sorry, right now I can't, I can't recall them, and I probably would be that person who forgot the name. <laughs> so I'll see if I can find those as well. But magnesium glyconate is extremely effective for anxiety, as is L-theanine. And so um, there are a couple of drink powders, and I think you mix it with about four ounces of water, and it is super, super effective. Um, there's also a um, 5-HTP, I think is what it's called. I'll double check. 5-HTP, and it's offered as a sublingual, so they're drops that you put under your tongue that are also very effective in helping to combat depression and anxiety. So, uh, if you are, if, if any of this is speaking to you, just know that this it's, it's, it's a thick, 
It is a thick and difficult mix. And if you are feeling depressed as a parent, then it is understandable that your child's going to experience you as being absent, like not even present. And if they have a history of abandonment, a history of neglect, then they are going to experience your depression as if they are going, it's a you know, PTSD response. They're going to experience your depression as if, once again, they're being neglected, that they're back in that same place where they literally had no parents who were present to care for them. So sometimes and when those kind of things are going on, that's when it's great to have a village. Um, sometimes it helps for your child to be able to go play at someone's house. Sometimes it helps for the play date to be at your house if they can be safe enough with your ears and observation without you having to really be engaged. Because uh, if there are other children... Um, and it's all on you, then that's another element, right? Because there you are uh, with an only child and as a depressed parent, and then where's the engagement? And so, yeah, I mean, I just I want to let you know my heart really goes out to parents who are experiencing those things. I've had some of those experiences. Thank goodness my daughter had not come from a history of that kind of neglect. But I will tell you, um, your child's healing tends to be six months to a year behind yours. So you'll begin to see their shift um, just delayed because you, you're setting the thermometer. You're, you set the thermostat. And um, adult mental health issues, they're real. And they can affect anybody. So just because you happen to be a foster parent or an adoptive parent or you know, anything like that, that doesn't that doesn't exclude you from that possibility. Um, so uh, your self-care, your wellness, your mental health is extremely important. Um, if you're in the throes where you feel like depression has wrestled you to the ground, because I'm telling you, it feels like a bear wrestling you to the ground. It is a beast sometimes. Um, I hope that there are people who can reach into you. I hope somebody can, even even getting one nutritious meal can cause a shift that's dramatic because your your nutrition's going to falter, your activity's going to falter, getting outside and getting D3 is going to falter, and all of those things help you feel better. And when you're depressed, it's really hard to do any of those things. And so, you know, maybe... If, that, if I'm speaking to you, maybe a first step is literally just to go outside and sit in the sun because at least you're going to get some D3 and some fresh air and it's a first step. See, sometimes it's the tiniest little step. Sometimes it may mean I don't have the energy or the creativity to cook anything nutritious so maybe you need to go order yourself some protein shakes from the Internet so you can at least get some protein and nutrients into your system. So I know um, it, it, that's like minimal. Those are minimal minimals. If those are not going to be sustaining, but maybe that will be enough to help move you out of the darkest despair of depression 
and into a place where then you can take further steps. So I hope there's something in there that's helpful for you. Um, I also am a big believer in being transparent. Your children are already sensing that something up. So if you are in that place where you're feeling depressed, it's just best to let them know what's going on. Let them know that you are struggling with depression. It has nothing to do with them. They did not cause this at all, that you're really fighting the blues, but you're not going to surrender. You're not going to give up, and you're going to find a way through it because otherwise they're going to think it's them, and they may still think it's them. You know, they may still think it's that somehow they caused it or that it's their fault because those are their blueprints, those blueprints of childhood when um, they were trying to make sense of the world. And when you're little, when you're a little child and there are bad things happening around you, here's what happens. We blame it on ourselves as children because it's safer to think somehow I must have messed up than to realize that the adults around you are struggling in a way that put you in danger. So this is different because you're not going to put your child in danger. But helping them know this doesn't have anything to do with them, they didn't cause this, that you're aware of it, that you're working on it, um, reach out if you can. You know, if nothing else, to reach out for the sake of your child to maybe arrange for some support. Maybe arrange for your child to stay with a friend for a few days so that you can, you know, make the shift that you need to make, get the care that you need, um, get the rest. Sometimes it's just like you have to surrender to it for a while and then, and then it'll, it'll lift. Um, so I don't know. <sighs> I hope there's something in that again that's helpful. Remember in any given moment, we can act out of our blueprints of stress and fear and overwhelm. Or we can take one to two to three deep breaths and we can choose love. Much love to you all. Uh, hope. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big believer in hope. I know sometimes, uh, for me, sometimes I didn't feel very hopeful, but I could have faith in something bigger, that there was something bigger than me out there in the world. And by having faith that there was something greater than me, a greater loving force than me and believing in that, then from that I was able to eventually find a handhold, like I'm rock climbing, a handhold of hope and begin to pull myself out. So again, much love to you guys. Have a blessed evening and we'll see you all tomorrow.